Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Praise God. Somebody give God a praise in this place. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I don't need it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Well, it's good to be seen today, and it's good to see y'all today also. Amen. Praise the Lord. There's a word that I want to share with you. Maybe some of you guys have been on social media, maybe not, but all this week, and actually the before I actually was thinking about bringing this word, I went out and told everybody because it's a very deep subject that we all need to sit down and listen to. And it's dear and it's very, very close to my heart, this subject that we're going to talk about today. And, um, but before I get into this, something just hit me just real quick. Um, men, men have not signed up for the father-daughter dance, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. Some of you are like, well, I don't have a daughter. Well, there's some young ladies here that don't have fathers. Can you just make yourself available? You don't have to go pick them up. You don't have to do anything. Just be here. And there'll be young ladies that you can come because there's, there's, there's something that we do during these, this ceremony. During the, we're not just dancing and having a good time. There's things that are going to be said. There's going to be proclamations over our, our young ladies that they probably never even heard ever in their lives. But when it, it's coming into the setting like this and there's an anointing, a corporate anointing that's happening when men stand in their rightful place and speak the truth of God over these young women in their lives, things will change. So men, what are you doing? If you got teenagers and you're like, well, you know, they, they said they don't want to go. No. You're the man, you're the father, it's not you're, you're, you, you don't want to, it's you're coming. Sometimes you don't have to give your kids a choice. <laughs> and some of, you, some of you dads in here, you know what? You probably have grown daughters. Why don't you bring them anyway? Because there's probably some things that you probably never thought to have said to your daughters, and they just begging to hear you say it. Go ahead and sign up on the app, all y'all right now, out there on the internet. Go ahead and do it now. Praise God. Today's the last day. Amen? You notice the men, and we're like, yeah, that's right. I heard the women saying it, but not the men. And that's why all these women right now are in the prices that they are, because men are silent. Huh? You got men sitting around talking about how women are walking around dressed and, oh, look how, look at the, uh, these women are hussies and all this other stuff. And, and men are saying all this stuff. And I'm like, but what have you done to make a difference? This ain't even my message. 
You guys know how I feel about men, right? Come on, be men. The same way you've seen a man here today that led his family as a man. No, he's not perfect. Yes, he's made some mistakes. But the right thing that he has done is came into the house of God and said, listen, I'm going to commit myself and my family as an example to not just go, okay, I'm, I'm saved. No, he says, I'm going to commit to my God and his bride. Mmm, yes. big difference. There's a lot of, a lot of people out here call themselves Christians. You can't, look, you talking about you love Jesus, but you don't love the church? Please. I'm going to tell you right now, you can come to me and say, man, I really like Pastor John, but I really don't like his wife. You know, what, you know what's going to happen at that point. There's a fight that's about to happen. Don't talk about my wife. I don't care what you don't talk about her. And that's how Jesus feels. Don't be talking about my church. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm, I'm just saying. Praise God. So, as I was saying, this topic is very near and dear to my heart. Um. I have a family friend. It's not even a family friend. We're talking about family. And I've known them since I was young and as they grew, grew up. I, I knew them. And as they got older, they started choosing an alternative lifestyle. And as they got older... I noticed, but I never said anything about him. And then eventually, as I became an adult and when I gave my life to Christ, I knew what the word said about it. And I came to him in love because I love him. You guys hear me? I love him. I grew up with him, shared dinner with him and everything, cried with him, all kinds of things, everything, went through all the stuff. But then I noticed this and I came and I was like, man, what, what happened? And this is an honest question because I love him. What, what, what happened? And I remember looking and he said, I was born this way. I was born this way. And it led me to start thinking about that term. What does it mean to be born this way? What does it mean? So I just kept loving on him. Because I love him, and I'm always going to love him. Unfortunately, he's gone on to be with the Lord. I don't know if he was born again. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. And it reads this. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, jealousy of outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again. As I've told you before, that anyone, 
living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is God's word. And I love the fact that he literally put down every sin that you could even think of. I was born this way. We hear this term constantly. We hear people are running around talking about, well, I'm born this way. I know sometimes people, you know, say I'm born this way because they, they use that for behaviors. Well, I'm just born this way. See, this phrase is often used to express acceptance and authenticity. It suggests that a person's inherent characteristics, traits, or identity are present from birth, and they're not subject to change. But as you guys know, commonly, they use this term for homosexuality. Amen. I know that this phrase actually gained prominence probably back in 2011, big time, when Lady Gaga. You guys know who Lady Gaga is? Mm-hmm. Great singer. But she really talked about I was born this way. It's a song called I was born this way. I'm not even going to talk about the lyrics. I was going to show you a clip of the video, but I had to get saved again. I I got baptized again and put all kinds of oil on me after I looked at the video. I was born this way. Psalms 51 and 5 says this. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. So as we look at the author of this whole, this, this scripture in Psalm says this, that we are all born this way. Scripture clearly and unmistakably teaches us that sin is present in every human from the moment of conception, even before we take our first breath. Listen to me. Because some of you right now are still going, well, born this way. You're thinking I'm talking about the homosexuals. But I'm talking about all of us have been born into sin. We are all guilty without even committing a sin outwardly. I was born this way. Sin is just in our nature. I was born this way. I need you to realize something. When a baby, just as we look reading something, when a baby comes out, we're sitting down and be like, oh, oh, he's innocent. No, he's not. We were born in shape, in sin from the moment we came out. As you guys will, I know what you guys realize this. Even though babies have never had that experience or any other experiences, they were still born into sin. There were all blank canvases for sin. We all have a propensity of sinning. From the moment that you come out of the womb, you may not get any experiences, no, no, no thoughts, no TV, no nothing. We're blank. It's like a canvas that a painter paints his paintings on. You guys hear me? It's whatever touches or draws that blank canvas 
is the one that determines which way you're going to. I was born this way. And we all have Adam to thank for that. Yes. We have all inherited this sin nature from Adam. Some of you guys are probably sitting here thinking about stuff like, well, it really wasn't Adam. It was Eve. Because Adam did the same thing. This woman you gave me. Just to let you guys know this so you, we could be clear, okay? Eve was the one that ate the apple. Or the fruit. You know what it is. We say apple. But anyway, Eve ate the fruit, but either way it went, Eve's disobedience, we see that. But the, it was Adam's fault for not taking over authority over his wife, for saying that it was an apple. I mean, a fruit. Do you get where I'm coming from? I, sometimes I wonder in my mind's eye if Adam wouldn't have listened, if Adam would have listened to her, he probably would have turned around and chastised her. But no, you know what he did? He listened to that woman. But thank you, Adam. When I get to heaven, you know who I'm looking for first. Because if it wasn't for Adam, I wouldn't have to deal with the stuff that I deal with. Come on. Some of you guys are probably super saved. But I got struggles that I deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. There's things in this world that I don't have a bunch of strength sometimes. Doesn't mean that I give in to it. I just don't want to have to deal with it. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> Romans 5 and 18 says this, for as by one man's disobedience, we were all made sinners. I was born this way. Man's estimation of sin varies considerably. What is sin to some may not be sin to others. Right? Now, I don't care what society says because that's how we are nowadays. Well, you know, that was, you know, We've changed. We evolved now. Back in the day, it was, it was wrong back in the day. But now, you know, we, we have evolved, the evolved, which comes from the word evolution, which evolution in Christianity probably kind of just don't mix. Just because we evolved or we've gotten smarter doesn't change what the Bible says about sin. Sin will always be sin, and we can't excuse anything to make our sin acceptable to God. Oh, this is hard, you guys. Sin doesn't get outdated. The only thing that gets outdated is fashion, software, cell phones, and hairstyles. Sin is sin from the beginning to the end. Bars. I Hopefully somebody caught that. No matter how you package it, no matter no, no how you try to 
make it soft or anything. The Bible is clear on what is sin. But to accept God's verdict on sin according to scriptures is to accept his provision for salvation. I'm preaching the gospel. You have to understand that you're a sinner. Look in the mirror. You got phones. Look at yourself sometimes and realize that you are a sinner. But God has told us in his word, know that you're a sinner, but I provided a way of escape to go away and get away from this sinful nature that we walk in. Nobody wants to be called a sinner. But I'm doing it right now to your face. Now what? (laughs) Nobody wants to be called a sinner. And you hear a lot of people nowadays, if you tell them, look, man, you're a sinner and you're going to hell. That's not Christian like. What about? It's the truth. Do you guys know what the scripture says about a tree that doesn't bear fruit? Do you realize when Paul was talking about that and whoever was talking about Jesus was talking about Paul was talking about, do you realize that when in this this Bible that we we sit down and read, do you realize that all these scriptures weren't to the world? It was to us. People in church that are fruitless, walking around in sin. I sit down, we don't have a problem telling people that There's going to come a time that you're going to go to jail for the stuff that you're doing. If you're out there smoking weed and selling weed and and drugs and doing all that stuff, we don't have a problem telling somebody that's drinking all the time. We don't have a problem telling because you watch them drink. You're like, okay, yeah, you, you need to slow it down a little bit. We don't have a problem doing that. But we definitely got a problem if somebody looks at you and says, you need to stop living this ungodly lifestyle because you're on your way to hell. Huh? Why do I sit down and tell you guys this? Because I'm talking to the church today. There might be people that are watching us online that aren't saved. Praise God. And I thank God for that. But I'm talking to us that call ourselves Christian, that call us ourselves Christians, because that's what's happened nowadays in this world. So many people like to call themselves Christians, but they have no commitment to Christ or his church. I married my wife. I'm not just married. A marriage isn't a piece of paper. My marriage is a covenant to my wife. And because I have this covenant, then my love for her will always be for her. But there are people that walk around in life called adulterers, excuse me, not adulterers, adulterers. And they walk around and they go, yeah, I'm married. No, you're married to yourself. And you have no allegiance to your wife or your God. I was born this way. I was born an adulterer. I was a, a born an idolater. I was born a drunkard. I was born a drug addict. I was born a homosexual. I was born a whatever. A harlot. But God. This is why, I mean, personally, I know I'm, a, I'm, I'm very, because I'm all over the place. You guys know me. The, the, the R in my middle name is random. So I'm always around, all this stuff. But when, the, when I start 
thinking about the goodness of God and all that he's done for me. Sometimes I just got to get up and I start shouting. You got to look at the state that you're in. We deserve hell. I was born this way. We're all born this way. All of us have a propensity for sin. We all have this built-in nature. It's because of our surroundings and our experiences. Each one of us are tempted, and we're going to be tempted by different things than somebody else. Surroundings plays a big part of what's happening when you're a a canvas, right? For instance, if you get into a car with somebody that's smoking, when you get out the car, you still smell like smoke. Why? Because you were in that that atmosphere. It's now on you. See, man's attempt of self-righteousness, we have methodically classified and categorized sin with score levels. Are you guys with me on this? Because we classify like, like, oh, um, I I, I told just a little white lie. And then some people go, man, this this dude raped this girl. See, do you see what I just said? You laughed when I said it was just a little bit of a white lie. It was just a white lie. And this person raped somebody. They're both a sin to God. (laughs) Well, no, there's categories, right? (laughs) Putting a name on sin was for man to recognize the root of his iniquity or his transgression so that he could learn how to deal with what's going on in his life. God doesn't need a name for sin. He don't need a name. He just looks for sin. He looks at you sinful unless you're in Christ, that I may be found in him, the one who was born into sin but without sin, that who became and took on sin for me, that I can find myself in him. That when I was baptized, when I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, when I was filled with the Holy Ghost, when I was laid, as we've seen, people died to themselves and came a new creature today. I was born this way. Because we have this built-in sin nature and certain curiosities or desires and temptations arise from what we were exposed to. You were born an alcoholic. You weren't, excuse me, you weren't born an alcoholic, but once you tried alcohol, you continue to give in to that desire to want more alcohol. Once you give in to it, you become a slave to it. You weren't born with a label. You were born with a condition. You weren't born with a label. You were born with a condition. And some of us like to identify with this label. Let me say it again. So so many of us like to identify with our sin. You guys with me on this? 
I identify as. But we really should be just saying, I have this condition. And I don't know how to get rid of it. It's a sin condition. Somebody say, I was born this way. Do you believe it? Your temptation was created when you were exposed or awakened to it. Some sins are awakened by sight. Think about it. There's some sins that start because of what you see. I believe that David said, I will put no wicked thing before my eyes. You guys hear me? See, as, 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 young, as young kids nowadays, this is what, I need you guys, watch this, watch this now. Because you don't realize this, but I'm just going to tell you this. It starts, the world knows that what you see, you're going to be tempted for. That's why they have commercials. And whatever you see will spark your curiosity for whatever you're looking at. And I, right now, I'm just talking about Burger King commercials. Wendy's commercials. It's even even worse when you got some woman half naked that's trying to sell shoes. What does that have to do with the shoes? But it once it's got your attention, can, can, can I talk to the men? Do you guys realize that most of the time when you are sitting down looking at stuff, you look at it and as you keep looking at it, for some reason, you're just like David. At the times when the kings went to war is what the Bible said. David let all the men go to war and he wanted to sit there looking at Bathsheba. He looked. His curiosity came. And eventually he gave in to it. Because of sight. Eve. I stopped there because I didn't want to keep talking about the men. Because I don't know if y'all can handle it. Okay, I will. When you're sitting there, this is the reason why you guys give into pornography. I know this isn't a, a, a men time, but let's talk about pornography. And some of you ladies too. But um, you guys want to sit down and watch pornography. Do you guys realize that you wait till your friends are gone before you do it? You wait till where nobody's where can be. You're behind a, a, lo- a locked door or everybody's gone. And this is why you want to sit down and watch it. And you're like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And then what? You give in. Because of what was in your eyes. David said, don't put no wicked, wicked thing before my eyes. Come on, y'all. Same thing with you women. And ladies, young ladies, don't you be the reason why other men will sin. Okay, you guys can be mad at me if you want. But I will tell you this much. I just will tell you this much. If it looks like it's for sale, then it's for sale. No, I, I, I'm, I'm comfortable with my body and the way things are and this and that. Great, you should be comfortable with your body. Definitely. But it's not for everybody else to look at. Or can you guys, I just want to help you guys. I got a daughter, nieces, all these things. And just every time I see a dude pass by, when I'm with my daughter or somebody else, I'm looking at them like, what you looking at? 
Just putting it out there. Look what happened with Eve. Eve turned and looked, and she saw that the fruit in the tree was good. She saw. And then because she kept looking at it, and I'm telling you this because as we read the scripture, we see in the scripture, it seems like it happened like this. But during that time that they were in Eden, there was no time. It was paradise. There was no need for time. So they were sitting there, and I'm sure over whatever time it was, according to our time, she sat there and looked at it once. She looked at it again. She walked by this way, and she looked because she saw that it was good for eating. You guys know anything about Samson? First saw Delilah. See what happened to him. You guys know. Eve. Mm. We ain't going to talk about Eve. Some of our sins are awakened. Listen to me. Are awakened by touch. So you guys know that some people, you know, sometimes it's like fear. We got to do things, you know, fear, and we do things out of fear. But then we turn around and say we got to do things by faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. But do you know that also fear comes by hearing? So you have this, you have this paradigm right here with it, you, this dichotomy that happens. It's, it's by hearing, you hear by faith, but you also hear um, um, fear by hearing. And, and, and you got this back and forth. But it's the same way with touch. Because it's Jesus, watch this, Jesus sat down and he touched blind Bartimaeus. He touched him and he regained his sight because he touched him. See, you could touch somebody and bless them. But there are some people that have been touched and been cursed. Watch this. There are people that may have been molested when they're young. And because they've been molested or raped over and over again, What's happened to this pure blank canvas because of the touch, there's a picture that's been painted on this this canvas. And because they have that, all of a sudden, that propensity from that touch, they will start and they're like, man, so maybe I I, I should be, because they touched me like that. If it was a man touching another man, maybe because they saw me as a woman, maybe maybe there's something about me that makes me feel like a woman and and maybe i'm gonna walk or touch or do anything there it comes by touch i'm not saying it's for everybody but i'm telling you this does happen touch it awakens things in our lives touch we can all be tempted from things in our lives but watch this james said this in James 1, 14 through 16. It says this, temptation comes from our own desires. When enticed us and drag us away, these desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Urges, desires, interests, or temptation, isn't, it, it's, it, it's not a sin. To have the urge, the temptation. That's not a sin. There's temptation. Jesus was tempted. What do you mean there's scripture? No. He was out and he went. Matter of fact, the Bible says this. When Jesus heard from the Holy Spirit, he went out into the wilderness to be tempted. This is what the Bible said. And he got, and he went, but you know what he did? Oh, my goodness. This is, I didn't even add this here. You know what he did? 
Do you know that the devil tried to tempt Jesus with his own self? But Jesus turned around and used the word back on him because he is the word. And when he said the word, when he was tempted, are you guys catching this? When he was tempted, he used the word. So when there's times, men or women, when you're looking at something or something else, you need to use the word. I'm going to shout myself. <laughs> temptations will come. You had temptations today, but I applaud you because you were tempted to stay home tonight. Come on. James 1 and 12 says this, blessed is the man or woman that endures temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to him that love him. Yeah. I love God more than my sin. Yeah. So God, getting ahead of myself. It's when you act on your urge or your desire or interest or temptation is when you sin. Don't act on it. Recognize it and put the word on it. Watch this. Giving into your confusion or your feelings doesn't make you brave. It makes you a slave. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> Giving into your confusion or your feelings doesn't make you brave. It makes you a slave. You see people nowadays, are, they're, they're, they're bringing these. It's so brave of you to come out of the closet. You guys think I'm, talk, you guys think I'm talking about homosexuals when I say that. Because there's a lot of closets that everybody has, and a lot of skeletons in your closet. Some people, some people come out and go, I'm coming out the closet. And you know what's bright? I used to be. That's the closet you need to come out of. Oh, you didn't even catch that. Thank you. You gave me permission when you said that. I was, I'm going to say this one. I was offered and asked to come to an event that was here in Solano County as a pastor and in a public figure, I guess. I don't know, but people know me. And this is what happened. Somebody said, listen, we want to invite you because we believe in equality, exclusivity, and what are all the other words that they use? Diversity. Diversity. What's the, there's one more. Inclusion. So we, want, we believe in that, and, and I believe in that also, to a point. But then we, we sit down, and this guy tells me, he's telling me it sounded like it was a great event and everything else. And then at the end, this is the word I heard. What we're asking you to do is to come support the people of this community, right? We want you to support them and to affirm what they're doing. I said, excuse me? Have you looked on my website? We are not an affirming church. This has nothing to do with homosexuals, by, by the way. I will not affirm anybody else's sin. I don't care what it is. Period. I'm not going to affirm whether you're a homosexual, an alcoholic, a drug addict, an idolater, a sorcerer, witchcraft. I am not going to affirm a sin or what the Bible calls sin. It's a sin. Now, I'll affirm my, 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 my daughter and my son. I'll affirm them with the word. But I'm not going to affirm. See, so many of us want to walk around with these titles and try to say, and want, you, want me to ex- 
gosh, I can't even say it because I'm so... It bothers me at the point that somebody wants me to sit down and, and, and affirm what they're doing when I'm a man of God. And I have to stand on the word. I'll still love you. Agape love. But I'm not going to sit down and tell you, I'm not dealing with the foolishness. I need you to recognize that I'm this or I'm that. No, you're a sinner that's in the need of a savior. It's messages like this that clear out the church. I'm sorry. It does. But then once you clear out the house, you guys know when you go and you clean your house out and you go, man, I really didn't need this. Sometimes you got to do the hard stuff to get stuff out. And then you're like, oh, this is what I got to work with. Let's go. That's what happened with Gideon. Gideon had a whole bunch of people. It's like, oh, yeah. Giving into our confusion or your feelings don't make you brave. It makes you a slave. The Bible calls it lasciviousness. It's a big word. I just learned it about three years ago. Lasciviousness. It means that you can't control your nature. Lasciviousness is the state or condition of not having control over your sinful desires. Do you guys realize that there's a seat of authority in our lives and there's a war going on amongst flesh and the spirit and they're fighting over your emotions or better yet, your soul. You guys, you guys with me? You guys with me? I, I, know, I know I'm going a little bit long today, but it, it's imperative that I preach this message. Your soul is on the line. The media, the world is after your soul. Your emotions. There's so many of us. I love so many people in my life. There's people that I know that are in sin. People in my family, in sin. But I need to cry out and spare not the gospel of Jesus Christ. The seed of authority in our life, there's a war going on. And whoever wins this battle determines your salvation. Constantly giving into your flesh or your fleshly natures will result into giving into unnatural things in our lives unnatural Romans 1 and 27 through 29 and I'll read listen as I'm getting ready to read this I didn't say it the Bible says it and then excuse me and the men instead of having having normal sexual relations with the women burned with lust for each other Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty that they deserved. Since they thought it foolish to not acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. 
If you even look at this whole thing, this is what the Lord was telling us. This is what Paul was telling the church in Rome. It says men and other men. What do you think that means? Just if you, live, if you have a second grade education, it's right there in the word. Men with other men. And they're not just talking about men. They're also talking about women. They burned with lust and desires for one another. And God said, look, I'm just going to let them go. It's happening in the world today. And because the church is listening to the world, we want to sit down and affirm what's going on. And God told us right here in the word of God that this was happening way back then. And it's happening even worse now. God gave us a label for sin so we can see what tempts us. So we can know if what we are doing is of God or it's our sinful nature. He didn't leave us ignorant. He spelled it out in his word. 1 Corinthians 6, 8 through 10. And it says this. Instead, you yourselves. It's funny when God says you yourselves. That's that's a double, double negative, right? You yourselves. He's trying to make a point. Instead, you yourselves are the ones who do wrong and cheat even your fellow believers. He's talking to the church. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge, this means those that do this, those who indulge in sexual sin, that's not just homosexuality, that's any sexual sin. Those who worship idols or commit adultery or male male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheat, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Somebody say, I was born this way. And I notice it's, just, it's, getting, it's getting hard now, isn't it? Well, I thought, I'm, what about grace? <laughs> there is grace. Grace is to help you get from one place to another, not to keep you in your sin. Hebrews 10 and 27 says this, or 26 says, For if we sin willfully... After we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. For if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. But a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation will devour the adversaries. Saints of God, just because we were born that way doesn't mean that we have to stay that way. God says that he has come to free us from our old man, that sinful nature. 
that nature of the flesh because we were born this way. He has given us his spirit that we may be led by him. Yes, I was born this way, but I don't have to stay this way. We may have all. Somebody say all. all. Yeah, we all have been born this way, but somebody say, uh, uh, but we could be born again. Somebody said, I could be born again. See, I just gave you the, 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 the part, the, the, what, do they, what do they call it in the, in, the, in the movies and stuff when it's like, it was all bad, it was all dread, it was all terror, but then all of a sudden, here comes the hero. Who's going to save us? Dun, dun, dun. Jesus. <laughs> John 3 and 3 says this, Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot and enter into the kingdom of God. You may have been been born this way, but he wants you to be born again. He says, die to your old nature. Peter said, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. See, listen, saints, I'm going to bring this to a close. I know you may be struggling with the sin in your life. I know that you might feel some kind of way or you're, you're struggling at how you're feeling right now or what you're even thinking right now. I know that you're saying, but I was born like this. I know you're, you're struggling with it. Over 15 years, I've, I've listened to people tell me that. This is just the way that I am, Pastor. I was born like this. I was born like this. Whether it was a homosexual, a person that's always angry, a person that's always dividing things, you weren't, listen, it was the things that you were exposed to that makes you the way that you are. But you don't have to remain the way that you are. See, the man you see here today wasn't the man that used to be. See, some of you guys are looking at me like, oh, how long you been in ministry and, and all that. It's funny because when I sit down with a bunch of pastors and they're like, well, my dad was a pastor and I grew up in ministry. I, I don't have that testimony. <laughs> I don't have that testimony. My testimony was that I was a, a male prostitute. I was a harlot. I was a drunkard, a drug addict, a thug. I was a killer. That's, that's me. I don't have, I don't have that, that testimony. My testimony back then is I was a heathen. But then I met, met Jesus Christ. And guess what he did with me? He allowed me to be born again. Watch this. Even when I gave my life to God, things didn't fall off me. Are you listening to me what I'm saying? Because this, this is the best part. When God gives you his spirit, when you say, God, just I want your spirit, he doesn't leave you by yourself. First thing he'll do is he'll bring a family of God around you to help you. That's where we messed up. This is where we messed up as the church. We just let people get saved, 
and then let them go. No, here at our church, we're going to come around you. We're going to help be accountable. And not no funny, crazy, cult-like stuff. Because we've seen your confession of faith. And when you see that confession of faith, we want to come around you. We want to celebrate you. But when I got saved, I was still a drunkard. I was still a man whore. That's the only word I could think of. I was still there. All that stuff. Addicted to pornography. God didn't set me free from that stuff. He set me free from having to go to the place of sorrows and a place of gnashing of teeth. He said, no, now your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. But now it's up to you to walk the walk of sanctification. And when it happens, when it happens, listen, no, 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 I'm not going to leave you alone because I told you I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but, but I'm going to give you my spirit to give you power to testify to people that are just like you. You don't have to know all the word. You just got to know I met a man named Jesus Christ who saved me from myself. And of course, everybody else in that same place is going to sit down and say all kinds of crazy stuff. You just got to back away and separate yourself from like-minded people. If you don't want to smoke anymore, stop smoking and stay away from people that smoke. If you don't want to drink anymore, stop drinking. Stay away from places where you get drink and people that drink. Stay away. Don't worry about what they're doing. Worry about what you're doing. That's why I call it a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Huh? I, my thug life was over. My thug ways were still in me. I still have, I still get little thuggish behavior. You guys remember last year? Fourth of, little, fourth of July? Yeah. You see, some of y'all like they never heard the story. I'm not going to tell it, but I thank God for grace. It was still in me. But it's Jesus, you guys. Watch this. Even though you're sitting here and saying, look, God loves me for who I am. He does love you for who you are. But he doesn't want you to stay that way. That's what I said, sanctification. You can't stop the sanctification process. You got to keep walking it out. And it's hard because things that are hard, you know at the end, you're getting a great reward. (laughs) I was born this way. I know you're struggling. I said it before. But I want to counter this thought. All of you that are sitting here saying, I was born this way. You weren't born this way. You were born for this. You were born for this. Not born this way, but born for this. For a time such as this. To glorify God in your life, with your behavior, with your attitudes. Crucifying the flesh. Bringing any thought that exalts itself. Bring it into captivity. 
You're not identified by label. Jesus knows what you went through. He said this in 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. The temptations in your life are no different from what others are experiencing. And God is faithful. Somebody say, God's faithful. faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you're tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure it. Once you get born again, you will be tempted. But he's always, listen to the words, he made a way. He is the way. When you're struggling with pornography, when you're struggling with homosexuality, when you're struggling with drugs and alcohol, when you're struggling with cheating, when you're struggling with anything that's ungodly, he's the way. I may have been born this way, but I'm born for this. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet. I know there's some people here today. I just want to ask you real briefly. You heard the word. And right now in your heart, you're saying, man, I'm struggling. I don't even know if I'm saved after hearing this message. (laughs) That's what grace is. Grace allows you the opportunity to receive God. But this is what I want to tell you, too. In the Bible, you don't see a prayer of salvation. What we do see is when the Bible, when the Spirit of God pricks you in your heart, they turn around and say, what must I do to be saved? Wow. I don't even know how to articulate this. The Lord just... There are things that when we say we're born this way, some people are different. When I'm saying born this way, I'm not talking about sin. But in this, some of us will say, well, I was born this way because maybe I see things different or I, 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 can, I can't, uh, I, don't, I don't understand like you understand it, but I was, only, I was born this way because, and I feel out, oust, ousted by, by society because I, I just, I'm different. That's part of your personality. And God gave it to you. Some of us are weird, like me. I echo things all the time. Like people talk and you'll say something and then I'll say it. And you're looking at me like, why does he do that? I don't know why I do it. I do it. I'm just weird. But I love that God used me. Such a fool like me (laughs) that does some weird stuff. But you guys love me, right? And I love you too. But don't confuse your personality with sin. God fearfully and wonderfully made you. And when he said that, he was talking about you, your personality. I know my my daughter, my daughter is going to be upset with me, but I have to say this. When I look at my daughter and I go, man, she has a beautiful personality, like a vibrant, just out there. She'll just like, we'll be sitting there and then she'll just come up and just start doing songs. And I'm like, she got that from her dad. (laughs) But sometimes... Sometimes the world wants to change you. Don't let the world change you. 
accept who you are, your personality, because it's a gift from God to make it different. Now, I don't preach like other preachers. I, I, I don't do things like anybody else. I got to do things the way that God made me. And that's what I want you to do. But today we're talking about your, your relationship with Christ. Do you know Jesus Christ? And today, if you don't know Jesus Christ, we want to give you an opportunity to come up. And look, I'm not going to pray that prayer and just repeat after me, Lord Jesus. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm just asking you to come up to the altar, respond to the word, because sometimes our positions will help us make, that, make a way. Our position is, is detrimental. So when you have the posture, you, a posture deceit is like this. But the, the command is this. When a police officer says, stop. I don't want to do it. But stop. You obey the command. If he says, come here, you obey the command. This is what the Lord is saying to you. Come here. Come up here. I don't know what you're coming here for, but I want to invite all those that have been dealing with issues in their life, whether they want to receive Jesus Christ for their first time or they want to rededicate their life. If, if, if there's anybody in here like that, I just want you guys to come on to the altar. Come on to the altar. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.